0: Welcome to the Grass-Fed Podcast with husband and wife team, Nabil Boomrar and Caitlin Weeks. Caitlin is a certified nutrition consultant and the creator of grassfedgirl.com. Nabil is a classically trained chef who works in a five-star hotel in downtown San Francisco. They are the best-selling authors of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, Together, Nabil and Caitlin answer your questions about healthy cooking and wellness while helping you learn to enjoy a relaxed, paleo-primal lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Caitlin and Nabil. Hi everyone, welcome to the grass Podcast. We're so excited you're here again this week. We're for episode four, and today we're going to talk about fish, how to cook it, how to shop for it, and how to make a healthy decision when you're at the store. So grass Chef is here with me, and we have been working a lot, long days. I was gone this last week into a business convention in Orlando, so it's nice to be in the warm, but I didn't get to hang out much because I was in this big convention so i sat by the pool a few times and periscoped so make sure that you follow me on periscope at grass girl sf i periscope pretty much every day and a lot of times i cook so you can see me in the kitchen cooking recipes from our book mediterranean paleo cooking and it's really fun so what have you been up to Grassfed chef
1: while while you were in orlando <laughs> having fun in the swimming pool i was Stuck in my basement trying to build my man cave.
0: <laughs> Your caveman. <laughs> my
1: caveman. My <laughs> man cave, and I've been working on it since uh, two weeks now, and going into the third one. It's shaping up. Most likely, the end of next week I'll be done with it. But you never know with construction, so I'm pretty happy. Start talking about uh, talking about food again. You know, talking about construction for two weeks for somebody who's needs to be in the kitchen is pretty
0: dense. Yeah, you're ready to get back to the kitchen, right?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not a construction guy.
0: And this Friday we have a friend coming named Jimmy Moore. You may have heard of him. He's had a famous podcast and two best-selling books, Keto Clarity and cholesterol clarity and we're going to do a book signing with him in cool springs barnes and noble at seven o'clock in nashville it's just a little outside of nashville in cool springs kind of like franklin so anyway come see us if you live in the area or if you have a friend in the area let them know to come down and see us it's from seven to nine at on mallory lane at the barnes and noble so we hope to see you all there all right so let's get to the fishy situation <laughs> So it can be really confusing when you want to buy fish at the grocery store because the labels, you know, there's a lot of labels that are conflicting and, you know, if you go to Whole Foods, they're always trying to tell you, oh, our fish is sustainable and you should buy farm fish and it's really good and they'll even argue with you. So it can be pretty confusing, but we're going to sort it out today. So, I'll tell you some reasons why you want to avoid farmed fish because it's lower in omega-3s and we all know omega-3s help to prevent just about every disease that you can think of and they help support brain health and heart health and, you know, lower risk of diabetes and all that. So you really want to have more omega-3s in your diet and less omega-6s which come from vegetable oils and Unfortunately, farm fish are more like eating vegetable oil because they actually eat a lot of crops that are used to make vegetable oil like corn and soybeans and canola oil even. And so you want to make sure that you're not eating a lot of farm fish. And every once in a while, I'll eat it when we're out of town or something. But when I'm at home, I try to get uh, wild fish all the time. So they're also lower in vitamin D, which is more like a hormone and it really is protective against cancer. And most people have very low vitamin D and that's due to less getting less sunshine and eating more farm fish and lots of uh, animal products that aren't raised the the correct way because that's where a lot of the vitamin D comes from. So they also have something called PCBs, which is, I believe, a pesticide that is concentrated in the. It just becomes concentrated when you're dealing with fish because they're all pinned in those small, uh, little, you know, pins that are like sometimes the size of a bathtub, believe it or not. Which means that their everything is being recycled, you know, through them. Their waste, the feed. Everything, but it's not recycling in a good way, so that's what you're eating. And when they're really tightly packed like that, they become more sick because their scales get irritated and they're having to, their bodies are having to filter out all this gunk, so they get sick more often. And that means that they're going to be use, using more antibiotics and then that makes them grow faster, which we've seen, you know, you listen to our last po- podcast, our last couple of podcasts, uh, it makes animals and fish grow faster, which can be a, a good thing for the farmers, but not for us because the antibiotics can really mess us up when we're eating them a lot and they, we really are what we eat eats. <laughs> so, Um, The other thing that can happen is there's parasites that can be transmitted very easily between fish and especially farm fish can pass on the parasites to the wild fish. So there's something called sea lice and that can get from the farm fish because what happens a lot of times these farm fish, if you don't know, they're farmed a lot of times in areas it sounds like a farm, but it, sometimes it's not. A lot of times it's not. They're basically just fish nets on the coastal areas. And so it's very easy for the um, fish to get out. And then the, the parasites, sea lice, for example, can get into the wild populations. And that can really cause problems worldwide. So we, wanna, um, we don't want to encourage... The, the wild farming, I mean the fish farming. You want to encourage wild fish. Uh, so some good ones to get are sockeye salmon because it has three times the daily dose of, so you want to choose wild sockeye salmon because it has three times the daily dose of your omega-3s that's recommended, so three times that, so it's really good. And you also want to get wild fish because it has more selen- selenium, selenium, and that's really good for uh, thyroid health. And the selenium is very protective against the mercury that may be in certain fish, and the, you always hear about the mercury. So if you're eating selenium in your fish, it can actually protect against the mercury. So, uh, and wild fish has a lot more selenium. And wild fish is usually more sustainable, and it supports your brain health, like we said, and having more omega-3s, of course, helps protect against depression. So it protects against mental illness. We don't want that. Uh, So some fish you want to avoid is some swordfish and shark, because those are larger, and they can absorb, because they're higher on the food chain, so they eat the smaller fish, and that means that they absorb a lot of the, uh, and they live a long time, so they absorb a lot of the, the mercury and the, the heavy metals. And also one to avoid is orange roughy. You also want to avoid bluefin. Uh, the orange roughy you want to avoid because it's over 100 years old. And the bluefin you want to avoid because it's high in the pesticides, of PCBs. And then sea bass. It's also high in mercury, and it has a lot of problems with overfishing because it's unfortunately very tasty. <laughs> so, um, Especially
1: the Chilean one.
0: Yeah, um, but there's a lot of problems with, with overfishing. So, you know, there's not that much difference if you get a nice, white, buttery cod. It's pretty similar, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm sure you'll talk about that more. Uh, halibut
1: will look like
0: yeah halibut's so good so some good sources that you do want to eat are the wild salmon pacific oysters Uh, they're really good oysters are very high in zinc and zinc is needed very it's very important for fertility it's very good for your immune system you know if you're getting sick all the time you probably really not enough zinc in your diet and it's good for libido, we all have heard about that for oysters. There is uh, some sources of catfish, you know, that you that you can get that are got a lot of vitamins and minerals. And wild rainbow trout is really good. So these a really good source of information about fish is the book Rich Food Poor Food by the Coltons. It, it it goes by every aisle and it helps you to figure out you know, what's a good source of, that has them? they call it rich food because that means it has the most nutrient density and the poor food is the, you know, ironically it has a little bit, goes with the money too, but, um, but we get what we pay for. So when it comes to quality fish and then another thing you want to look for is the Marine Stewardship Council, because that is a good That it's a sort of certifying body that helps to figure out if fish is sustainable and you know they watch out for uh, you know importation and just safety in general and then overfishing. So that's a good label to look for if you're concerned about sustainability and safety for your fish consumption. And another thing you may have heard about is the GMO salmon that is. I I was trying to do some research, and as far as I can tell, it has still not been approved as of November 2015. It's still, you know, looming. I don't think the decision has been made. It's still kind of on the books, but just kind of waiting to be approved. So if you want to take action on that, uh, it's really important to contact your local congressman or senator and tell them you don't want any of that. There's a lot of petitions going around, so if you see some, just sign it. We don't want GMO salmon because that could, like I said, they can get out and infect... Only GMO salmon? Well, we don't want GMO anything, but this is a (laughs) a looming decision. So the, the salmon can get out and then infect the wild salmon populations and that's really not something that you want to eat because it's a new, you know, novel invention, and I'd rather stick to the ancestral foods that we've eaten for thousands of years. So try to avoid that if it becomes approved. Hopefully not. So take it away, Chef.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening for to the 4th. Episode of the Grass Fed Podcast. Sorry, the first thing you need to check is the eye. If the eye is clear and not sinking, like right on the top, that's a good. That's a good beginning. First, you do that.
0: You don't want a sunken
1: eye. You don't want us. If if it's the eye, it's sunk. It's all I mean deep inside. Don't even talk to the fisherman or anything. Just. Keep walking. And when you do that, I mean, you see the eyes. They're pretty good. The color of it looks just shiny. All the scales are intact and full. I mean, it's not missing anything. You can ask... You don't want
0: the scales to be falling off.
1: No, you want them all in the same place and it's all shiny. Because the fish is something you don't have. It doesn't have a lot of self-life outside the water. (laughs) You take it out, I mean, nowadays, you know, the fishermen, when they fish, they put it directly on the ice, as soon as, inside the boat, so it keeps it, you know, the right temperature and keeps everything fresh. I mean, fresh is, I mean, the salmon, I mean, the the sushi we eat is seven days old, but we still call it uh, fresh. So, when you do that, you see the eye and you see the the scales are already done. You can ask the fisherman, please, can you just pull the... What to call it? The the grit?
0: The gills? The gills? The the gills? gills? where they breathe? Yeah.
1: The gills is... A lot of time now, they cut them. But still, if they have them, just, you know, he flips it for you or she or whoever is selling it. It, it needs to look pinky-ish. When it's pinky, that means it's good. And you smell.
0: The gills need to be pink?
1: Yes, oh. the colors like red-ish pink.
0: Okay. You don't
1: want it. You don't want any spot on it. And uh, the smell. When it comes to smell, it, like we say in the real life, it smells fishy. Something, something wrong with it. So it should not be smelling fishy or anything. It should be no odor basically, there's no smell in it. If it has a smell, it should smell like uh like the ocean. Or like I like to, you know, my you know my point to look at needs to smell like seaweeds. Oh. If it smells like seaweeds it's good.
0: Okay.
1: If it doesn't smell great and it's if it smells fishy, just step away from it. And
0: well, can I ask one thing? Just if you had, let's say you bought some fish, but it's in your fridge. How do you, long? Like, you, you know, you're, let's say you're trying to figure out, maybe you don't know exactly how long it's been in the fridge. And how, If you're looking at it, what should you?
1: We're talking about inside your fridge?
0: Yeah, uh-huh. like you bought it.
1: Maybe yeah, you bought. You, what, what, the, I, I suggest to people, like, fish is really, really, really tricky when it comes to shelf life. You buy it the same day. You're gonna cook it, and when you buy it, even if it's thaw, they tell you fresh, and you take it. Don't freeze it. I mean, because most of the time they already they were already frozen, and you thaw it, then you refreeze it. That's that's no no for any any fish or meat or anything.
0: Nothing raw.
1: Yeah, it's you you cannot freeze and thaw and freeze again. So when you go and buy it, buy it, use it the same day. Or buy it frozen and freeze it. Oh,
0: and just keep freezing. Yeah,
1: I mean you, you, you don't you, you don't defroze it then you put it back on inside the freezer. And I mean at home it's, I don't think it's a big deal if you buy it and you cook it the same day. But the way you're saving it, it needs to be on a crashed ice. Oh. Crushed ice keeps it at really low temperature, as low as it can, because usually inside the boat itself, it's minus 60 when they try to save, I mean, when they catch the fish and put it there. So you don't want it to... You, know,
0: so you mean at the store on the crushed
1: ice? It's minus sixty or something like it's, that. It's on the boat. On the boat is minus sixty because it's so cold in it. We need to keep it so big amount of fish, so they need to do that. But I'm not sure. But if you notice, every like Whole Food we go or any fish market, they always on ice because it's so cold that you don't want them to come in, you know, higher temperatures or. Yeah, and now when it comes to cooking, there's two different things. I mean, you have to know what you bought. There's a lean fish and there's a fat fish.
0: Mmm, fat fish.
1: So fat fish is like uh, the tuna or the salmon. Those are fat, like big, they're in big sizes and, and stuff. And like the lean fish, like you said earlier, the flounder or the sea bass, or the halibut, are all, you know, you those are pretty deep. In,
0: in the water, like they're skinny.
1: It's not just the skinny, it's like uh, there's <laughs> fish. <laughs> well, everything lean is skinny now. <laughs> no, it's just the, the the fish itself is how it's built inside. There's like, you know, fish that doesn't have any bones, and fish that have too 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 much bones, and Fish has skin. Other fish does don't. It's just just the way it is. Just know your your fish because the lean fish, it's good if you maybe like a poaching it or broil it or maybe fry it. This is like the, the fish you use. But if you want like if you have like a, a fat fish, the dry heat like a, you pan fry it. You finish in the oven. This kind of, like the salmon, like you pan sear it and you put it in the oven for... And the difference is the lean one dries really fast.
0: Uh, you don't have any room for error.
1: Yes. And the fat one is easier. Like the tuna, you can... you can, it, it it forgives you a little bit if you, if you make it that way. Like that's why a lot of uh, restaurants sell a lot of salmon, but they don't sell a lot of sea bass or halibut. I know the diff. I mean, you specific. have to throw
0: a lot of it away because you mess
1: it up. <laughs> no, you don't mess it up. It's just when you work at the restaurant, you you know how. But and if you notice, this is something. Don't tell people I said that. Most lean fish at the restaurant, they always, always like ninety nine percent, it's served with a the sauce. Mm-hmm. They give it to you with hollandaise or mousseline sauce or burnoisette or any like any or those fancy sauces and they don't put it on the side they always put it on the fish itself that's help it's, it's, you, if you if you heard what I said is uh, those sauces are all buttery and fatty because it's, the fish is lean they put the fat on it and it you know works against the lean as fat and lean it balances, it. it balances the whole fish and it's and it's good and it's we, we we sell a lot of it with another technique which is uh, poaching i don't tell people to do it a lot at home it's because it's not something like you need to be good at it and it's you need to poach it in a court bouillon and which is it sounds fancy but it's like a short broth and it has like acid and water and seasonings and herbs so to do it the whole thing is just, you know, hard—not hard, but hard a little bit. And the easiest one to have a moist fish for, if when it comes to baking, is uh, the the papillote, which is like a, the fish. You roll it in a parchment paper. Oh yeah. It's it's the easiest one, and it's all moist. So what we do, what we do usually is just cut the parchment paper in a heart shape so we can flip it we put the fish on one side of the heart and we put all the herbs inside it's good what the fish needs a lot of seasoning before we go to anything else you need to season it and you put a lot of seasoning in it because you absorb a lot of things yes fish is salty it comes from the salt and stuff but you need to put a lot of salt and the skin doesn't let the salt goes in so the best way of seasoning the fish is going into the cavities and just fill it up with herbs, lemon, there's a different way there's different ways, I mean well, the way I like to do it is Mediterranean way it's just simple salt and pepper, maybe a couple of bay leaves parsley and lemon and butter
0: you're talking about a whole fish
1: that's a whole fish you can do it for for fillet too but most likely is for you put it inside then you cover it and you close like you close the heart and you you roll it all around oh, okay the best temperature for baking fish is a 450 degrees you want it to be hot you need the oven to be really hot and doing the papillote is the, the 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 parchment paper will keep the steam inside, so it's always cooking inside the steam, so it's more fluffy. You don't want it to be too fluffy because it will be overcooked, but it's fluffy and firm at the same time, and it's moist. That's what, you know, it's like to keep the pressure inside so the fish itself, it becomes moist. Uh, There's another way, which is, I think... That's the, the scary one for, especially Americans, when it comes to raw fish. Raw fish, it's fresh, but it needs to be frozen because of some pesticide and stuff. Even
0: parasites.
1: Even parasites. Even even a wild one.
0: You can't get rid of pesticides by freezing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... But, you, you,
0: but just parasites.
1: You freeze it. You freeze that The sushi, like the, the Japanese restaurant, they freeze The fish for like seven days to be sure. Other countries, I mean back home we don't freeze it, we just cook it as fresh as it comes out of the water because we use it the same day. And I'm assuming they do the same thing when it comes to Japan in Japan. But here in the States it's there's rules and you know it needs to be a certain temperature and it's below zero for a whole week and stuff. And when it comes to The raw, there is, what I know, I don't know if there's more than that, but I think there's only four techniques to do it. First one is most known as the tartare. You can eat salmon tartare, you can eat tuna tartare, you can eat any fish.
0: What's what's in a tartare?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Do you know?
0: I mean, I've eaten it. I think there's some lemon maybe. You think so? Mm-hmm.
1: You never made me a tartar. <laughs> I had it at a
0: restaurant. It depends
1: what's in it. I mean, a lot of it, it's used for cornichon. It needs some mustard. It needs some lemon. Cornichon is a pickle. It's pickled. You <laughs> the little tiny ones. Uh, the second technique is the, the carpaccio, which is thinly sliced. Mm. And it comes with, I mean, every recipe. That has a lot of lemon. Yeah, every recipe has its own way of doing it. I mean, all those recipes call for lemon, but the sushi. Mm. And the sushi you don't need, that's the, the other technique. And the last one is the Latino style, the ceviche, and it calls for a lot of lemon too. I mean, a lot of different techniques, some add jalapenos to it, some just use it, just it by itself. Others they you know do with avocado and diced tomatoes and onion. Mm. Others, I mean, it's it's there's no specific uh, recipe for those, but it's every every country every culture they cook it differently. It's just you know what you used to it. Like sushi, you eat it like there's like fifty different.
0: And the lemon kind of cooks the fish
1: because yeah, it's acid, and acid what it does it. Cut the connective tissues, that's what it does, and when the connective tissue is just gone, not gone, it's like, you know, soft, you can eat it raw and your stomach doesn't, doesn't go away. Uh, what else?
0: Can I ask uh, you one thing, just like, if you're just brand new to cooking fish and like you just bought something expensive and you just like don't want to mess it up, what's like the most safe way to go?
1: Okay, that's the pan searing. Pan searing. You buy you bought like a fillet, like six ounces fillet. You put two or three of them. All right. The best way of cooking it is, ooh, if you bought it frozen.
0: Let's say it's just raw. Like you just went and bought. Like you're gonna make a dinner for your special sweetheart.
1: All right. You got the fish. You put it. In the counter for about five minutes. So it brings it to room temperature. So it's easier to cook all through and all evenly. So what do you do? You season it first. You season it like when you think it's it's seasoned enough, add one more crack. So,
0: so salt and pepper? is that. With you salt
1: mean? and pepper, you can put any spices you want. You can squeeze lemon before, but I don't, I don't do that. I just go straight, just salt and pepper on it. And got a pan on uh, a medium high make sure the pan go comes to a, a medium high It would be hot without fat in it when it, the pan is hot you drop the fat any fat you want ghee or you know palm oil or coconut oil like a good fat don't don't mess your fish with vegetable oils please you bought it expensive and you're giving it to special one
0: right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so you bring it high First thing you put, if the filet has a skin, put the skin down first. Because mm. you want the the skin to be crispy. I love the skin. I don't know about other people, but the skin is, has so many it has good stuff for you. It a lot of
0: nutrients too.
1: So if it's not, you put it face first down. So when it's hot and the fat is melted, you put the fish
0: Skin side down. Skin
1: side down, if it has skin, or the face, the fillet, face down, if it doesn't have any skin. You put it there. The trick is, don't touch the pan. Don't try to move it so you're scared it's going to stick. You put the fish down and you step away. Leave it, because it's going to build a crust, and that crust will pull away from the pan itself. So, if you got a six ounces fillet, you leave it in two to three minutes on each side. So you put the face down. After three minutes, you flip it. You leave it another three minutes, and you put it in the oven for four hundred and fifty degrees. You want
0: to make sure and put the oven on before you start anything. Yeah, you
1: mean the mise en place, but everything else. I'm talking about you know making fish now. But at the same time I'm, I'm not saying about you have like some kind of boiling water for you know broccoli goes with it or asparagus or green beans so you put it in the oven for about five to seven minutes and you're good to go the, the best thing is when you when you take it off take me like take it off uh, out of from the the oven you take the fish away from the pan because the pan is hot and the fish is already, you know, mm. cooked. It keeps so it cooking.
0: it keep cooking.
1: It keeps cooking, but you don't want to to dry out on the pan. So yes. you take it off, put it aside, and let it sit for about five minutes. I mean, so it comes all together to the right temperature. And if you don't know how to make sauces, this is the best way to do it. That's the easiest one and the best way. The same pan... Squeeze some lemon in it and drop some herbs any herbs you have, butter and uh, capers. Mm. So you can, but do not put the pan on the heat or anything because it's hot already. You just swirl around, let the butter melt, and you got the sauce for it,
0: and then just pour it on your. That's it. You
1: don't have to make it like beurre blanc, as thick as we make it at the restaurant. You got, you know, butter. You got the saltiness from the capers. Capers goes well with seafood. It's one of the best, I think. One, you can, you can it goes with other stuff, but...
0: Oh, you're making me so hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's other stuff. I didn't know that we were talking about shellfish too.
0: Oh, well, we can do another show. I have no idea. Anymore. We
1: can do that, but it's
0: it's a lot of...
1: Uh, Why
0: don't we
1: just do another show? On I mean, I, I'm going to say something. Cause so, we you said, it's seafood and stuff. The shrimp is... When you go and buy it, the the best technique is grilling it or, you know, saute. When you go and buy it, the fish needs to be... The the shrimp needs to be translucent. I mean, the, the color, and it's firm. You can see like the firmness. You don't want it to be like falling off the the shell. I mean the skin. The shell. You don't
0: want the shell
1: to be falling off. Yeah. You, you want it to be firm. And like uh, if it comes for lobster, the best thing to buy it is buying it alive if you're not scared. If it's not, you gotta buy it frozen. Frozen is the most likely like uh, the good one. So, oh, one thing, frozen fish, when it comes to a whole fish, there's two ways of do, I mean, thawing it. There's no third one. Do not put the fish outside the room temperature and expect it to, you know, to thaw. Like this, you're making the fish bad because the outside will, you know, bring to temperature, I mean, the
0: It'll temperature, tem-
1: yeah, danger zone and the inside still frozen. So there's two techniques. You leave it in in the fridge and this takes a long time. So we're talking about a day. The whole day. Maybe sometime like the size of fish is big. It takes about even like thirty hours to thaw. Or the second one, if you're in rush, you put it in under in a basket or something and you put it under cold running water. Yeah, and it, it needs to be cold. A bowl. It needs to be cold. I mean, you you cannot use warm water because it's so, you know, unsafe to do that. Uh, yeah. So, a lobster, it's good if you want to buy it, like a lobster or a crab, both of them. If you buy it live, it's better. If Otherwise, just buy it frozen. It's much, much safer to get it that way. And you put it in the fridge, you let it defrost, then you cook it the way you want. You want to take it off the shell and chop it up or, you know, just slice the shell in half and push it on top. This one is another class or something. <laughs> when it comes to mussels or oysters or clams, the thing is, it needs it needs to be closed, all the way closed. Oh, okay. If it's not closed, you just take it, you just head the, on the table. If it closes, it's great, I mean, it's still alive. If it doesn't close, discard it. And so if
0: you want them to be alive,
1: yeah, to cook. Otherwise, just throw them away. And and it will make. Also, it you want
0: to right? You want to store it in like a bag that's uh, breathable because you can suffocate them. Yeah, they, they die. So you want to make sure not to put them in a ziplock bag <laughs> <laughs> because they'll die. So you want to yeah, have die. them in like and limits. you cannot freeze them in a mesh bag that they can breathe. But you want to cook them pretty fast. You don't want to keep them in your fridge for very long. Yeah,
1: just don't buy the whole bag from Costco and you end up like eating mussels <laughs> <laughs> as an appetizer and as an entree for about two days.
0: <laughs> We've done that many times. But yeah, I mean,
1: this is I think most of like we crash the surface of fish and Filet and the whole fish, and maybe we'll do another glass. Just make sure that uh, even when it comes to frozen fish, when you when you freeze it, make sure it's it's tight. The bag is tight because if you put it and it's loose, it gets like a Free, burn.
0: freezer burn.
1: So you, and you don't you don't want you don't want that. This is one of the things when you go and buy, you know fish make sure you you look at it pretty good so there's there's no freeze burn on it
0: okay well we can always do a seafood part two in order to cover more techniques about cooking and shopping and all that about healthy fish so we hope this has been helpful for you come out and see us on friday night in cool springs in nashville at the barnes and noble at seven o'clock Make sure to follow us on Instagram at GrassfedGirl and at Grassfed Chef. And you can always write us any questions at caitlin at GrassfedGirl.com. And make sure and get on our list at Grassfedlist.com so that you can never miss a recipe or an article or podcast. We appreciate you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Have a good
0: day.